0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Is this the excited for Jesus crowd that wants to be used by Jesus in the supernatural to do miracles? Amen. To hear him talk to you? For him to send hard cases across your path so he could use you to help people? This is not you. I'm going to send with God now. I'm going to preach to Him. Okay. As we were worshiping God, I was thinking about what He's got His uh, teaching on on Wednesday nights, what we're talking about, the special worship service we're having on Sunday nights, and different things we're doing. That, uh, you know, here, here, here's the way I picked it up with the Holy Spirit while I was worshiping. God wants you to be transformed from the person that needs rescued to become a rescuer. Amen. amen. amen, amen. In, other, in, other words, in other words, instead of you being the one trying to find the 1-800 prayer line to call for help, do you give them your phone number and say, I'm the prayer line, call me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. How many believe that's, that's the Word of God? Yeah. He told us, preach the gospel to every creature. He told us, cast out devils. He told us to lay hands on the sick. He said freely we receive, freely give. And so anyway, uh, that's where we are right now. Our church is being strengthened, edified, built up by the Holy Spirit for us to walk in the supernatural He has for us. What's that again? Our church, it, is, is our church a building or what is our church? It's people. It's people. It's people. When we leave this building, we got an empty building. But when we leave this building, the same Holy Spirit that came in with you is the same Holy Spirit that's leaving with you. Holy Spirit's in you. He's on you. He wants to use you. And the thing about it is, the more that you learn and the more the Holy Spirit's able to speak to your heart and get, and and get you freed up more, then the more sensitive you'll hear Him out there. You know, the Lord's, told me something years and years and years ago, and so I stuck with me. When I was a young Christian, learning about hearing the voice of Jesus and learning things like that, uh, I heard people talking all the time, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. And finally, finally one day, when I got quiet enough, I said, how come I don't hear this all the time? He said, you're staying so busy, you're not tuning in. I'm talking all the time, you got, you got to listen. Yeah. Amen. And then I realized... And uh, with the modern technology we got, this may or may not make sense to the young people, but the people probably older than 40 or 50 probably remember the radios with the knob. Can you remember driving down the road or having your TV set on? Even you had to tune your TV set, and you remember we knew that the voices and the audio/video for the TV was coming through the the air. It was there, but we had to tune into the frequency. And so I remember if I was going down the road in my car or truck, wherever I was driving, if I was listening to something really good on the radio, and I knew it started to get out of range, and all of a sudden they started getting faint and crackling, I'd have to either stop the car and back up to where I would get a good signal, or I'd have to just keep on tweaking and fine-tuning and turn it up and listen to it. And I want to tell you, Jesus said His sheep know His voice. He said, they flee from the voice of the stranger. Uh, Romans chapter 8 says for as are led by the Spirit of God through the sons of God. And so we have to know as Christians God's not changed. He's broadcasting all the time. He's leading all the time. The only thing is sometimes we have to stop like driving through that town where all of a sudden it's getting paid. Have to stop and be patient. Back up and listen. And what does that mean? I learned this off Brother Copeland that Uh, I was at a thing at Oral Roberts University back in 1985, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Copeland, and a lot of really, to me, maybe some of you don't know who those guys are, but anyway, a lot of really of the most uh, well-used prophets of God at the time back then. And Kenneth Copeland and Oral Roberts both said the same thing. He's talking to preachers. There was a preacher's convention. He said, if you haven't heard from the Lord lately, he said, stop, pray. And look the last time you accurately heard Him. And then go back and do what He told you to do the last time He talked to you. Because many times when the Lord gives us something to do in life, He expects us to finish that before He gives us a new one. And so if there's something in your life that you know in your heart that God told you to do, to change, whatever it is, and it's been dark ever since, go back. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you told me to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. That was a word of knowledge for somebody, by the way. In other words, that was God that knew somebody seeking Him right now. need to hear from Him. You just heard from Him. So that's what you need to do. And so we're teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is part eight. And what I want to do, uh, you know, I know the Wednesday night crowds are kind of fluctuating summertime heat and things like that, vacations. But I want to give you... A little quiz that's not a setup, just to find out how much you're getting, how much you're retaining. This is not something that's going to have a right answer, wrong answer. Not something to embarrass anybody. I just want to see if anybody has been listening, what you've been getting. And so I want to ask you a question. If you know the answer, Robert's got mic because I want you to be able to talk into it. Here, Robert. If you know the answer and nobody knows any answers, that's good. I'm going to keep on teaching but I, I hope that somebody one, more than one somebody one, has heard two. some things. What is the main book and chapter of the Bible that's been our reference point every week for eight weeks? What book of the Bible and what chapter? I use the same book, same chapter every time. First Corinthians fourteen. Uh, that's part of it, yeah. That's yeah that I was looking for twelve, chapter twelve to fourteen that's just a good, been using them both. But the main chapter we've been using every week is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's the main book of the Bible that identifies the gifts of the Spirit that begins to talk about it. Okay, now let me ask you this. How many, there's different gifts in the Bible about different things. There's ministry gifts, there's motivational gifts, uh, lots of gifts of the Bible. But how many gifts of the Holy Spirit are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Robert's got nine, nine. Nine. Very good. Okay, now let's go. Let's go to the next level. How many groups are those gifts broken down into? How many groups? Three. Very good. People's listen. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. What 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 are those three different groups called? What's one group called? Three gifts of revelation that's the one we has been te- te- teaching on the revelation gifts that's the gifts that reveal something does anybody remember any of the revelation gifts we've taught on in the last few weeks the word of <laughs> word of wisdom always talks about what time period word of wisdom is always what future tense always about the future the word of wisdom is God telling you some of the plan and purpose of God telling you future things, maybe plans for you, uh, plans for your family, something about, something about your nation, something about your church, God will give you a word of wisdom. Okay, what, 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 what's the second gift we talked about, uh, well, we talked about word of wisdom last week, but we talked about word of knowledge. Okay, what, what, what time frame does word of knowledge always refer to? Now or past, past tense. It tells you about something of the past, or it'll tell you about something going on right now to help you make corrections. So the word of knowledge is always now or past tense. At tonight we're going to be talking about discerning the spirits. That's the third revelation gift. But anyway, what's the second category of gifts? The power gifts. Does anybody know what any of the three power gifts are? The gift of special faith. That, that's not just faith you get for the word of God or faith you get because you hang around with faith people. That's the gift of fa- special faith, like uh you know, you look you look at Samson. Samson had to get the special faith he had working in miracles to do the things that he did. Moses had to get the special faith to stand out over the Red Sea and hold up a rod. And then the working of miracles came in. God spread that up. As long as Moses had the rod up, you think he didn't have to hold that up by faith, step out there for all those soldiers around him, chase him, and everything. Everything going on, that took the special faith to stand up there and hold that up. And then when he put it down, the water closed. And so that's the gift of special faith, working in miracles. And then the third gift, the third power gift of gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. That's when you see somebody had that terminal diagnosis, just a very short time to live. They were prayed for, spoken to or something. Next time they go back to the doctor, the doctor says, no, this is not right. These charts aren't right. And by the way, that happened to my son David. I stood one time after he'd been diagnosed, two weeks after he was diagnosed, stood there in front of the doctor, and he kept on wanting new charts, new charts, and new charts, because he didn't see leukemia, he saw healthy blood, et cetera, et cetera, And finally, the man told me, out of the Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, with all that millions of dollars worth of equipment, he said, Mr. Samples, i got to apologize to you, something's wrong with our equipment, we're going to check it out. Well, that was gifts of healings, because all of a sudden, a little kid went from being a cripple to walking, and he had whole blood. And then what's that last category? Anybody know the last category, the third category of gifts? The vocal gifts. The utterance gifts. The gifts that say something. The gifts that speak. And, and what, what, what's the first gift of that category? Norma! Prophecy? Yes. Yes, yeah, the gifts of prophecy. And we know the gifts of prophecy, uh, talking about the spiritual gifts of prophecy, is not foretelling the future. It's First Corinthians fourteen three, speaking to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. But if in the prophecy the word of knowledge comes forth, then the prophecy and gift of word of knowledge is telling something going on you can't see through senses. Or if a word of wisdom is carried by the, the gift of prophecy... Then you're foretelling some future. But the gift of prophecy itself, as, you know, when we get down to study that, we're going to see in First Corinthians 14 that God says every believer should prophesy regularly. We should all be prophesying. And, and, and prophesying is speaking to men, the edification, exhortation, and comfort. And what that means is this God will inspire us to really, out of nowhere, just start encouraging people. And we're feeling down. We're feeling lost. We're feeling blue. Like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. But all of a sudden, you're talking to somebody else like you're on top of the world. Because that's a spiritual gift kicked in through you to help somebody else. And the good news is, when that happens, you get the spillover blessing. It changes you too. And then what's the last two vocal gifts? Prophecy? Diverse kinds of tongues. Not, Not your prayer language of tongues. Diverse kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. So anyway, that's that's the categories. And I'm, gl- I'm glad that we're learning and glad we're catching all. But let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter what? 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to keep on showing you these verses. Can anybody tell me what Romans ten seventeen says? <clears throat> Faith cometh and cometh... And faith, faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word of God. And so <clears throat> the purpose of every week looking at these same, same verses is that sooner or later, even if you're a slow learner, and by that I'm not talking about you messed up in the head. I'm just talking about sometimes it takes you a while to catch on because it just so happens every week when I look at that verse, your mind wandered. Or you were talking to somebody. Or you got distracted. And so just in case... You didn't get it yet. We're going to keep on reading this and reading this. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. How many know that some people hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for 40, 50 years and never respond? And then all of a sudden, one day, what they've heard switches into faith in their heart and it kicks in. They get born again and they think, man, how have I been so blind all these years? Well, they heard it and heard it and heard it. God sent people across their path. They saw TV preachers. They heard radio preachers. They saw books, Bible verses. They heard this kid, maybe. And all of a sudden, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. All of a sudden, they've got it. I've got to be born again. And so sitting in a service like this, with a, with a Bible teacher keeps on bringing the same verse over and over and over and over again, all of a sudden, one day, you're going to think, wow, I see it. Amen. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, you know, right there, that tells me there are spiritual gifts. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. (coughs) I'd not have you ignorant. That means that God expects us to learn about spiritual gifts. Doesn't that say that to you? And that's why I'm reading this over and over again. I want to keep on saying it, that you need to know about spiritual gifts, because God says so. And he gave me an example this afternoon, and I want you to think about this. How many here have ever bought a new car or a different car that was a lot different than any other car you ever had? You had to start learning things. Well, when I was a kid, they used to make, they didn't call them muscle cars, they just they had hot, fast cars we all had. Every kid had the biggest car. Uh, they get you in trouble. I got in trouble a couple times with a big car. almost matter of fact, I was pronounced dead at the scene of a drunken accident, and I was a drunk. And they called for a coroner, but praise God, my Baptist grandma prayed me out of that. But anyways because I had too much car for a 16-year-old boy that was loaded to be driving. Too fast, too much car. But the car was a former police car. They call it a police interceptor. It was, I mean, it was a hot, fast car, and I, I was able to buy it. But at 16 years old, I wasn't mature enough to handle it. And so anyway, get this picture. You just bought a new car. It's loaded with horsepower. It, I mean, that thing will move. It'll go. All kinds of stuff. Well, that car there, if you take the time, and I'm talking about modern time now, you take the time to study the owner's manual, maybe to watch some videos, Let somebody really tell you about the car and learn how to handle the car before you drive it. That'll get you to your destination, your destination, really safe, really good, and you'll have fun on the way there, drive that new hot rod car. But the thing is, if you are ignorant about the car, all you know is, I got a lot of power. I can't wait to get behind this wheel. I got a lot of power. Well, you may never get to where you want to go and you might kill somebody else on the way. Or hurt somebody bad because you were ignorant about how to use that car. Spiritual gifts are the same way. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you. And so we as born-again believers are supernaturally equipped and empowered, just like the people in the book of Acts, by the Holy Ghost of God. But if we don't take time, that's what he said, I'd not have you be ignorant of this power you have. If we don't take time to study the Word of God, sit under things like this, where you got a Bible teacher that's been doing this for 40 years, study somebody under somebody, and the Word of God, then you could get hurt or hurt somebody else with the gifts of the Spirit. How is that? Well, for one thing, you don't want to go around prophesying to people who they're supposed to marry. I've seen it happen too many times. That's none of your business. That's God's. If you think you see somebody's supposed to marry somebody, pray about it and let God hook them up. Let God do it. Amen? You don't need to be prophesying to somebody that's supposed to get divorced and take off a different direction. If there's things going on somebody's going through something, then God works people to divorce sometimes if that's something that has to come to pass. But sometimes God is wanting people to work it out, and then you go prophesy so-called prophesy to them, you cause them to have a bad wreck in life. Help run a home, help run children's lives, and everything else. And you know, this on and on and on and on. I've seen so many misuses of people. I call them super spooks. They're so spooky spiritual. They don't know how to handle life. And so, to make them feel good and prove they're spiritual, they want to go around running everybody else's life and said, God said. And so, anyway, that's why I talk about why he said, I'd not have you be ignorant. Because if you're ignorant, how to drive this vehicle through life called your Holy Ghost body that you could get hurt to hurt other people. Amen. Do better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so look at chapter 14 verse 1. This is the other one that Susan referred to. Chapter 14 verse 1 says this. Follow after charity or if you got another new translation it says, Follow after love, be a person of love. And what's it say? Desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. God said, Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And so we have to know that because the Bible's teaching us through these chapters, that number one, there are spiritual gifts. Number two, you need to study and learn about them. And then number three, you need to be a person that prays that says, Father, use me, use me, and then learn what these gifts are. And then as God, as we'll see some other verses, as God begins to trust you, He'll begin to use you. But if you're totally closed off, like, you know, there's people that believe that things like this aren't for the day. And I like like what I heard a preacher say years ago. You know, there's denominations, you may not know this, but there's denominations that teach that when the last apostle died, that God had no need for tongues, prophecy, of the gifts of the Spirit. But the thing is, the last apostles still living. We've still got apostles. It's not the original twelve, but there's apostles today. And if you go back to Ephesians chapter four, starting at verse seven, and read down through there, you're going to see in verse eleven it says that He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the building up the church, etc., etc., until Christ comes. He hasn't come yet. And so the church still being built up. So he still has apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And that's called ministry gifts. But spiritual gifts are still here. And so God said desire. And so I just pray that I build a hunger in you by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, that you're going to start praying. And in your prayer time, you're going to say, Jesus, use me more. Use me more. I'm available, Jesus. Use me. I yield to you, Jesus. I want to be used by you. But the thing is also, you got to realize you can't tell him when or how to use you. If you do, you might start giving place to familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are demon spirits that imitate the Holy Spirit. And then that's when you start prophesying to people, goofy things that gets everybody in trouble. You've always got to be open for him to use you. But that's why I said don't be ignorant. Because when you begin to study the Word of God, you'll know... If something's wanting to come out of you to help somebody or to do something, you will know in your heart, this isn't in life the Word of God. That must be the wrong thing. Or you know, wow, that's in life the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with telling somebody. You know what? I just feel led to tell you today, you need to know Jesus loves you. He's on your side. And you know, that may, just for a regular person talking, that's a good thing to say. But when you're inspired to say that, and you just keep feeling, i got to give them a phone call. I've got to send them a text, just let them know. They're on my heart. I'm praying for them. I feel the Lord told me to tell them, hang on, don't give up, the answer's on the way. Well, that's different than you talking. you just kicked in and the Holy Spirit using you the gift of prophecy. Because you always want to bless people. But you keep just on the inside knowing that you know that you don't, know, you, know, you know, man, I've got to call them. I've got to tell them. I can't wait to get to work. I can't wait to get to work. God told me to tell them. Well, see, you do that, you're not foretelling their future. Do not try to change your life. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 3, speaking of the edification, exhortation, and comfort. And that's how God begins to use you, things like that. But the main thing is, God wants a yielded vessel. He wants somebody that wants Him to use them. Amen? Amen. Okay. But anyway, you've got to learn, you've got to study. Look at verse 7 of chapter 12. I want to back up this as we get into where we are today. Verse 7 of chapter 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all or to profit all. So when the Holy Spirit is manifested through a gift of a believer, working in a believer, people are always helped and never hurt. It doesn't profit a person if they're hurt. And you know, even when the Holy Spirit sometimes, through a minister or sometimes even through a believer, offers somebody... In the love of God, with the anointed God, a word of correction to let them change course. Well, when it's done in love, as inspired by the spirit of God and not judgment, condemnation, it profits them. You know, what would you think if you saw a man or a woman with all their kids in the car coming down a road? And you just come up that road and, you know, the bridge is out on that side and the warning signs are everywhere bridge out, bridge out, detour, get off After some reason this person driving the car if their family was distracted and you saw you started blowing your horn, flashing your lights and you caught their attention they wouldn't be mad because you was getting their attention they'd be glad because you saved them from a bad wreck, possible death so when the Holy Spirit inspires us to talk to somebody about a wrong direction they're going, you've, number one Make sure it's the Holy Spirit you're flowing with him Then number two, always speak the truth in love. When you do that, and it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, sometimes people may be mad for just a little bit, but all of a sudden, because it was the Holy Spirit, and their eyes are open, they oh, wow, wow, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you for talking to me. Thank you. I knew that. I knew that. I would just been stupid. I was being dumb. Thank you for talking to me. I really needed that. Because it's for their profit, and anointed. See what I'm saying? Amen. So for the prophet called their anointed. Anyway, <clears throat> get down to verse 10, and this is the direction we're going tonight. Verse 10 says about these gifts to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Now the realm of the spirit is very real. How many believe that? The realm of the spirit is very real. Although we can't perceive it with our five physical senses, you can't see it, hear it, taste it, touch it, or smell it with your physical senses. It's through your born-again spirit with the Holy Spirit in you you can come into contact with that spiritual realm. And so God has provided the gift of discerning the spirits to give the church supernatural insight into the realm of the spirit as the Holy Spirit wills. You notice verse 11. These gifts, all these work at that one, the self-saved spirit, dividing or distributing to every man. It says severally in the King James, but it's individually. As he will. As he will. That's so critical. You need to circle as he will. These gifts <clears throat> are not something that a preacher can turn off and on. These gifts are not something you can turn off and on. It's as the Holy Spirit wills. There's some gifts that the Lord used me on very few times in 40 years. There's some gifts He used me on frequently. Word of knowledge has continually operated my ministry for years. Gifts of healings for years. Prophecy for years. But I think I've been used in tongues, interpretation, once or twice in 40 years. It's as He wills. I want to be used every week at everything He wants. Every time I come into this church. I'm praying, I'm tender-hearted, I'm ready, but I've learned by experience and watching preachers get in deception that I'm not going to make something happen that's not there. I know the Holy Spirit, I know His leadings, I know His voice, I know His functions. After the Holy Spirit's not in it, I'm not going to make it happen because that's when you get into trouble, you get in the flesh. Familiar spirits can come in and all kinds of things. So anyway... You've got to understand that because I refuse to let this church be a goofy church. I want to say that again. I refuse to let this church be a goofy church. We're not going to be a dead church where we have no spirit, but we're not going to be a goofy church where we have the wrong spirit. And so the whole thing is we as believers can prepare our hearts and in the church together through worship and fellowship and the love of God in the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit's atmosphere will be here where he can move. And so the thing is, we as believers can get a position to where if he wants to, he can. At least we won't be so spiritually dense and out of it and so carnal because we don't worship that he can't move. But we're going to be spiritual, worship, loving, have the right atmosphere. And if he chooses to move, then glory to God, we're excited about that if He chooses not to, then we had a good service. Amen. You got, you got that how it works? That's the same thing with you. God can use you on your job in the gifts. He can use you at the family reunion in your gifts. God can use you wherever you are. And the main thing is, if you always go praying up, walking with Jesus, and nothing ever happens, then praise the Lord, you're a good Christian witness. Amen, amen, amen. So the discerning of spirits, as you're taking your notes, might ask some questions in the future. The word discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. Discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. So the discerning of spirits is the same as hearing or seeing in the realm of the spirit. Hearing or seeing in the realm of the spirit. And I want to show this book again. Uh, who's, who's back here, Heather? Yeah. Sorry, we're we'll gonna put this up now. Wow, that girl is good. Give Heather a hand. She is good, as she's trained, she's trained up a lot of good people that do this too. But she's not in there. But anyway, I want to tell you again this book here, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, from Brother Hagen. I've got a copy at home. I've had for probably 35 years, and it's the Word of God in there, have good teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm studying that again this season we're in. I've been refreshed. I've been sharpened up. I've been reminded of things. I've seen things in here that if I learned it before, I forgot them. And so I'm getting them again. And I I want to be ready as a pastor to lead this church into what God has. Anyway, we have several copies at the bookstore. And I highly encourage you, if you got whatever it cost. I don't know what's, wow, it went up some. So last time, mine was $5. $16. dollars fifteen (laughs) ninety five. $15.95. I guess that's about 1982 or 1983, $5 bought more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo! Well anyway, it doesn't take the gift of, gift of special faith to buy that, it just takes a little faith. But that book there is well worth $16 because yeah. you study that thing. It's not, you don't read it like the newspaper or an email. You take this thing down and you read it for 40 years. Yeah. You study it. Amen. And so anyway, that means to see or to hear in the realm of the Spirit and, you know, since this is Bible lessons teaching, the Bible teaches three classes of spirits. We're giving you a lot of information to write down and but we'll keep talking about these over and over. There's three classes of spirits, and if you're spiritually ignorant, you don't realize this. There's divine, which would include God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angels of God. They're the God class. And there's Satanic. There's demons. Satan. The devil. Beelzebub. Lucifer. I mean, you all talk about the same one, same family. That's the demon spirits. And then there's human spirits. Three classes. The God spirits. The demon spirits. And the human spirits. That's you and me. In other words, there's good spirits, and there's bad spirits, and there's human spirits. Human spirits. And so we as believers have to know, as we're going to look at some things in the Bible on this, that discerning the spirits means if God wills, He might open your eyes, you might see an angel. Or you might see a demon. Or He might let you see inside of somebody's spirit, which I have for as a pastor. Sometimes God opens up, well, I look right around the inside of people, and I, sometimes I see things that I need, that God wants me to see about them to be able to help them. And sometimes be the same thing with you. And then, you know, I want to, and, and we have to know, I know in my life, and read this in Brother Hagin's things too, a lot of times in my life, for the most part, he's identified to me when there was evil spirits going on by the word of knowledge. He's told me what spirit it was. That wasn't discerning the spirits, that was the word of knowledge. That was something present tense going on in a person's life. And I I know that one time, years and years and years ago, he set me free from a lot of physical weakness I kept having. It was really attacking me and just weighing me down, weighing me down. I was a young guy, started in my 20s, and went right into my early 30s. But then he told me that was called a spirit of weariness. It was a demon spirit attached itself to my young body and tried to wear me down for no reason. All of a sudden, in the middle of the day, out of nowhere, I just, not asleep. I can't already make another minute. I want to pull my truck over off the road just to rest or just stop. and didn't want to go on because the thing just hit me. And so I said, you spirit of awareness, get out of here in the name of Jesus. I give you no place in my life. And that's back in the early 1980s. I've never had that again. That was just an evil spirit. I wasn't discerning the spirits that saw it, but the word of knowledge told me it was there. And the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, he flees. But I wouldn't have known that if it had supernaturally been shown to me. And so we have to always be conscious that God's talking all the time and gifts operate. But anyway, I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 1 through 4. I'm going to show you a couple Bible examples of gifts of the Spirit, of, of discerning the spirits. And I think this will help you to see what we're defining actually being in the Bible. Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 4. It says, and this is Isaiah talking, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw, so he saw stuff that his eye, his spiritual eyes were being opened. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. That's angels. Each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, And with two he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts; The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, And the house was filled with smoke. The house was filled with smoke. And so, all of us, all the time, look up. How many have ever looked up and all of a sudden you didn't see clouds, but you saw heaven? And saw God. And saw angels. And saw glory. And saw smoke. Well, see, that doesn't happen unless the Holy Spirit, the discerning of spirits, allows you to see and to hear in the realm of the spirit. And so Isaiah, Isaiah looked up and he saw into heaven. He saw right through everything. That's discerning the spirits, means to see or to hear in the realm of the spirit. It's not, really, not only did he see, but he heard angels talking. And you know what was the benefit of that? I tell you, I tell you what. I'm going to take experience in my life. That lit his fire. He was serving God. He was ministering for God. He, Book of Isaiah, and all the different things of Isaiah. But something like that happens to you, man. You go into high gear. Something really lights up. Back in the fall of 1980, I don't want to lose you because I I didn't want this to be a dry series I've done. I wanted to be able to work my life into it with the Word of God to hold on to you so you know how real this is. Back in the fall of 1980, I, I had I had a little apartment. It wasn't like an apartment building. The Lord set me up. I called my upper room. There was this old woman in her 70s. Old women aren't old. They're in the 70s now. <laughs> Not anymore. But anyway, this woman was in her 70s and she was a widow. And she rented out her upstairs and ran out her basement that made it an apartment. So I was living upstairs and my brother, uh, was going through some things and he came to stay with me. So I hadn't, I had a bedroom and I had a living room with a couch and there was a door between the bedroom and the living room. And my brother was sleeping on the couch. I was laying there in bed when he was staying with me and I was starting to go to sleep. Just turned the light off, just starting to go to sleep. And I was laying there like that and all of a sudden, I saw somebody walk through my door, and my door was closed. And I laid there, and I thought, that's my brother. And so, come through my door, and stood at the end of my bed, looking down at me. Didn't say anything, so I opened my eyes and said, John, what do you want? Well, I opened my eyes, there's a great, big, giant angel. I'm guessing seven to eight foot tall. Big, big, big... I was thinking today about this. There was an Indianapolis Colts football player that visited my church a few times back in the... Uh, what was the 90s? Back in the 90s. And I was thinking, that, that Colts football player was huge. If he was at the altar praying on his knees, I walked up behind him. His head was up to where I was, but his on his knees. The guy was that big. He took up about three spots at the altar. I don't know what his position was in the Colts football team, but I know the guy was huge. I was thinking about that today. That angel was bigger than that football player. That angel was totally a white white like I've never seen. I just I guess I just caught a brilliant right. It was white like I've never seen. He was huge and I've always thought that's my guardian angel that's with me everywhere I go. But anyway, what I've said, that's one of the few times that I know in my life the certain spirits kicked in and did that light by fire i tell you what, there's such things walking on cloud nine. I know for at least the next three or four weeks, I didn't feel like I was on earth. I felt like I was walking this high off the ground. I mean, man, hair on the back of my neck, stayed standing up, goosebumps everywhere. If you ever see an angel walk through your door like that, with your eyes open to see him, you're going to know you've seen something. Anyway, the next day, my brother and I were going to a church. And as we're riding along, he said, did anything happen to you last night? And I hadn't told him, I mean, something like that happens. I don't know what it is. It's just something so peaceful about it. You don't even talk about it. You know, it's just something you just don't know what to do. You're just in a different world. And so when he said, I said, yeah, why? He said, well, something happened to me. I said, what happened to you? He said he was laying there on my couch in there and said some little goofy demon spirit. We were both baby Christians. Some demon spirit was harassing him and messing with him. And said, all he could say was, Jesus and he said, when he said that to that demon spirit, the message of whom I count, said that angel, we're on the second floor, that angel walked through the wall of the house. Walked in. And just walked towards that demon. As the angel walked, the demon went out the other wall. And then the angel, he said, turned around. And he said, it was funny. He turned around, went to your door, he walked right through your door. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, Isaiah got to see some things. And I had that one experience, and that was... 39, 40 years ago. I've never had another one. But I saw that. And then let me, get, let me give you another one. How have you known my son Joe? He's a Marine now. But anyway, Joe, Joe, when he was, I figured out today he was two and a half years old. We talk about Brother Hagin all the time. He wrote this book a lot of books. Well, when I was a pastor in Indianapolis, Brother Hagin in July of 1992, 93, July of 1993, yeah, that would have been 93. So Joe was three and a half. And so Brother Hagan was at the convention center in Indianapolis. It wasn't a church. It was the Indiana Convention Center. That's where they had all the stuff happening in Indianapolis. All the big stuff happened. And Brother Hagan, they had a platform set up in this big room that he was in. Right behind Brother Hagan's head was a big Miller High Life beer sign. He was preaching all this holy stuff. And a man of God he was, but was at a secular place. And so that sure wasn't a, it was sanctified when we were there. But i have just told you what kind of place it was. But anyway, after the service that night, Joe's three and a half years old. We're driving home. And this is where they had all the rules about car seats and stuff. He's sitting in the front seat between us. And he's three and a half years old. And so we didn't program him to come up spiritual, say spiritual things. We're sitting there. looked down at Joe. Joe's eyes are about that big. But Joe says, they're smoking, Kenneth Hague's church. They're smoking Kenneth take church all the way home. And it was, what, 40-minute drive from there to where we lived at, way south of Indianapolis? All the way home, he just sits with these great big eyes. while, wife says, they're smoking Kenneth take church. Well, he saw the glory of God that Isaiah saw. Isaiah saw God and saw smoke, the glory. My son, we wasn't in a church. The place was made holy because we were there for God's business. With the Millerville side behind him, the glory of God came in where we were at. And a three and a half year old boy got to see in the realm of the spirit. This is real. This is real. The glory of God will change your life when it comes in. Sometimes you see it. I don't. I really don't know if I've ever seen it. At least if I ever saw it, it uh, wasn't big enough or bright enough for I to it. But I. But you may see that. One more place I've got to look at. Go to Acts chapter seven. How many are excited about the gifts of the holy Spirit and I know that we keep kind of going a little bit over, but I've got something really exciting at the end of this to tell you so don't uh, don't clock out on me yet we're still clocked in and so Isaiah chapter seven and you, we're going to look at verse uh, fifty five and fifty six but do you Are you familiar with Stephen, the first martyr that got stoned to death for his faith? Well, this is Stephen. They're getting ready to stone him to death as a martyr. And so as he's on the ground, they're getting ready to throw these stones at him. Verse 55. And I want you to catch this here. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. How many know the Holy Ghost is part of the Godhead? The Holy Ghost is God on the earth inside of us. And so there's there's God inside of him. He looked up steadfastly into heaven. And he saw the glory of God. He saw what Isaiah saw. He saw what Joe saw. He saw the smoke, saw the glory. This is discerning the spirits to be able to look up into heaven and see that. And then he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. There's the second person of the Godhead. And standing on the right hand of God, there's the third. There's Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. This man got to see and experience all at one time. And so he saw if stand at the right hand. Of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And so, I'm telling you, the spiritual realm is real. God is real. Angels are real. Jesus is real. The Holy Ghost is real. Your human spirit's real. That man, as his human spirit was getting ready to come out of his body, by the time those stones hit his body, I'm convinced. His spirit already left. And all he was hitting was an empty shell. He didn't feel anything because he came out of that body. And I'm convinced that that's what happens to martyrs. That they're being martyred for their faith. They're burned to whatever's going on. God brings them out. and They get to go home before it happens. But anyway, I want to to tell you this. One more experience I had in this arena. And I want you to listen to this. Now you see in the Word of God, this happens. It's real. It is our spiritual gifts, as He will. Back in the fall... Of 2000, that hadn't been that long ago, about 19 years ago, uh, the country was going through a lot of crisis Back in 2000, we did a lot of extended prayer for the country and for a lot of things. And one day, in the afternoon, as I was praying, I'm going to paint you the picture because I can't what I saw in the spiritual realm, to certain spiritual eyes to see some things. All of a sudden, in the middle of the day, I saw this really beautiful mahogany table type thing. This tabletop. Shiny, beauty, beautiful wood. On top of it, I saw a Bible opened up like this. And beside it, I saw a candle. And the pages were fluttering up and down, just going up and down. Pages were moving like being hit with wind. And the candle was flickering. And the flame was moving. And then besides that, I saw a profile of the face of God. And I saw Him blowing Towards the Bible and blowing on the candle. And this was back when things first started getting where they are today, man, just almost beyond your wildest imagination. How it's went downhill since 2000. But that's, this was the time period when President Bush and Al Gore had their fight going on about who won and all that stuff was happening and the country was really divided bad. And anyway, when that was going on, when God gave me that vision, He said this. America's candle. Is almost out. But I'm blowing my breath revival on it. The the Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so God sees the candle as life in us. He said America's candle is almost out. The Bible represents the life of God. The Bible represents revival. The spirit of God breathed into Adam and put life in Adam. And so he said... America's candle is almost out. I'm blowing my breath of revival on America. Revival comes from the Word of God. Revival comes from the Spirit of God. Revival comes from people yielded to God. So that was 19 years ago. As I tell you, I've waited a long time to see God do what He's going to do. And I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And by the way, the Lord's quickens up to me all day long today. So I'll give you a little preview. I haven't looked it up yet, unless something changes. This coming Sunday is the first Sunday I was officially a resident of California and preached my first sermon. We moved in the week before. We got confirmed as the pastors in July 17th of 2005, left Indiana at the end of July. And so this coming Sunday will be my first Sunday I preached. And today the Lord kept reminding me of what I preached. I preached one called, I Was Born Ready. And so I'm probably going to preach that Sunday if he lets me. But I want you to be here Sunday. It's going to be fired up. It's going to be good. And if you're not ready, it's going to help you get ready. Because God is ready to move big time. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.